Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that connects people facing divorce with trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a website, a podcast, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. Before we get started, I want to take a minute and recommend divorce attorney Catherine Miller. Catherine is a divorce attorney out of New York and Connecticut. She's also a certified mediator and a trained collaborative divorce professional. She has been practicing for over 30 years. She's personally divorced and she is the founder of Miller Law Group, an all-women's boutique law firm with seven divorce professionals. I have known Catherine for several years, probably four years now, and I just think the world of her. She is extremely experienced, very professional, and very, very dedicated to divorce law. If you want to find her, you can find Catherine at miller-law.com or in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. So I can't even believe that the holidays are basically here. It's crazy. I think as you get older, time just keeps going by faster and faster, and we're approaching the holidays. And I remember when I was first getting divorced, it was really complicated. It was really challenging for me. It was depressing. I was feeling so many different emotions. and what to do about the kids and the schedules was really difficult and challenging. And I wish that I would have had a podcast like this of what we're going to discuss to help me. So what I want to talk about today is divorce in the holidays and basically how to mediate your holidays with your soon-to-be ex or your ex. And to talk about this, I have with me Eric Feig, a divorce mediator who is wonderful. <laughs> I was going to start talking about you, Eric, but I'll tell my listeners, but then I just said wonderful, which is true. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jackie. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very kind. I always enjoy when we get to spend time together. Same with me, Eric, and I want to give my listeners a little bit of background on you so they understand the credibility you bring to this subject. How long have you been a mediator? I opened my practice, I want to say it's about three years ago, about three years ago now. I, before that, I was an attorney for more than 25 years, and my focus is really working with parents and families. All, all types, but I have a special focus on working with families where there's neurodivergence and special needs involved in the mix. But my work tends to be with looking at parents and working with parents when they're together, when they're apart, and after divorce, when sometimes things come up and they get stuck and they need some help getting unstuck with each other. And I also want to tell my listeners that you now are a certified co-parenting specialist, which is a credential that isn't really that easy to get. So congratulations on that. So Eric wrote an article for Divorce Girl Smiling called Divorce in the Holidays, Tips from a Mediator. And the goal of this whole podcast for us, I think you'll agree with me, Eric, is to offer tips 
to give the kids the best possible holiday season. Because really, as parents, you're a parent, I'm a parent, everybody listening is probably a parent. And and isn't that our biggest goal? It's a great point. And that's what it's about, especially when you're co-parenting the holidays across two homes. We, it, it's so easy for us to think about it in terms of what we as the adults want. And the kids are, are, are sometimes they get, they, their needs get lost in the mix in terms of it being our ideas about them. So what I tend to think about and with the families that I work with is how can we keep the kids at the center and at the, at, as the priority in all of our planning and our conversations and have the opportunity to cooperate with each other in order to make all of that happen. Well, you bring up a great point. We sometimes forget what our kids want. We assume we know what they want, so we don't really ask them. But also when you're getting divorced, as someone who went through it, you're such a mess that really people become very self-centered. And I don't mean that in a negative or mean way. I was too, but it's very natural when you're going through a divorce to think about yourself and your own pain that you're feeling during the holidays. And then you might just assume what your child wants because you don't even have the emotional strength to think about it because you're so distraught yourself. So that plays into it too. So I hope these tips help you to help your kids have the best holiday season possible. Before I start with the tips, I do want to say one thing up front, just because you're going through a divorce, it does not mean that you and or your kids can't have a really nice holiday. Don't you think, Eric? Absolutely. I think, again, it's there's an opportunity, as complicated as it can be. There's stress, there's pressure, sometimes there's guilt, we t and there's anxiety, often about thinking about what will it take to create the perfect holiday. And I think with divorce, it becomes the stakes get higher for some people. They think in terms of how do I make this perfect because there's so much else going on. And like you said, Jackie, that emotional headspace to be able to take it all in, manage all of it, navigate all of it, all while thinking in terms of, oh my, how do I, how am I going to do this now with my co-parent, my former partner, who we may not be on the best of terms with, the, the anxiety of that, it just elevates things, but it can be done. And I think the other side of it is also to think in terms of the opportunity and what met, there's, there's opportunities to create something new do things different, to be compassionate towards each other, to be compassionate to yourself, to give yourself a break and to think in terms of, you know what, maybe, maybe I might not have the headspace right now, but there are things that I can do that are going to make things better for everybody and maybe establish some new traditions that we could build on and have those great memories for the kids and for me going forward. Love it. Okay, let's start with the 11 tips. The first tip you wrote here is to create common ground about the holidays when you're apart. So what does that mean? It goes along with, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it together with another, which is how, what we're talking about already, which is how to, how to create that focus and how to bridge, not only bridge the differences that you have, but to cooperate with each other. 
for that common ground. You may have some ideas as one co-parent about what you envision the holidays being for you and for the kids when the kids are with you. Your co-parent may have different ideas. And the question is, how do you align with each other for them? Because I could tell you, if, if and I've seen this happen time and again, when, when parents are thinking about holiday plans, they're thinking about what my plans are. And then there's that their plan side of it, which is kind of like the other side. For the kids, it's the holiday. And it's the whole experience. And, and dividing it up is sometimes how it goes, but dividing it in your mind is not something that's necessarily going to be the most helpful way to do it for the kids. So when having the conversation to not only think about what that holiday is going to be in advance, and then sharing, okay, this is what I'm proposing to do, having the conversation with your co-parent so that they could say, this is what we're proposing to do, and then say, all right, how do we make this work for everybody? With that center being, again, on what's it going to be like for the kids. If you're all going to be taking big trips or running around, that may be exhausting for them. They may not be interested in doing all of that. So it sounds like a lot of this is about conversation and compromise. Like it doesn't have to be your way. You can get some of the things, but you can't get everything. And that's really what mediation is. It's about creating something that not only you all can live with, but that's going to work and is going to work for ideally everybody. So you take out the tug of war. From it is it my way or your way and look for the and how to cre create something that works for my way and your way that's that bridge and you need to be able to communicate with each other i would say early and often so that you can make those plans and see what can work so it goes along with when when we say creating that common ground this is a plan they don't, need, they don't need to be part of your plan in the details, but when it transitions or when it crosses over for your kids between you as co-parents, yeah, there's some coordination that needs to happen there and some cooperation with each other for them. Second one, prioritize the kids and keep personal feelings for your ex away from them. And I want to say this is not easy to do, being somebody who went through a divorce and my ex-husband had a girlfriend like less than two weeks after he moved out. And I was not happy. And it's very hard to keep those feelings of anger and resentment and bitterness. And you want to scream and yell at your ex. But if you can compartmentalize them and not bring your kids into it, you're doing them a huge service. What do you think, Eric? I, I, I think it's about separating the adult stuff, what's going on between or maybe going on between you as co-parents or between you and what's happened in the past and separating that from what you want your kids to experience. I mean, it's, you need to ask yourself, and this is an important one that I would suggest, ask yourselves, what are the memories you want to create for your kids? And then the next question is the how question. How can you and your, your co-parent come together to create and make these moments happen? And I put think, those feelings aside. 
put those feelings for each other aside and put the love for your children ahead of all of it. That's it. It's being able to make that separation. And it's being able to say this is for them. And even if you need to write it down, to be able to make a statement of intention for yourself, I'm going to commit to, and then whatever's going to follow that, and let that be your one of your guides, that when things get tough, you pull that out, you put it on your desk, you look at it and remind yourself, this is what I'm trying to do. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilosoff, and I'm your host. I'm here today with Eric Feig, divorce mediator, and Eric and I are talking about divorce and the holidays. Eric is offering 11 tips to making it a great holiday for your kids. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have nine more tips. We'll be right back. I have three words for you. You know what they are? Find the money. That is what you can do if you go to the Divorce Money Guide. You can find hidden money and understand your family's finances without spending thousands of dollars on a forensic accountant. You can discover all the assets you're entitled to and get the divorce settlement you deserve if you download the Divorce Money Guide. So the Divorce Money Guide was developed by well-known forensic accountant Tracy Conan, and it's a tool to help you find out if your husband is hiding money. It's a 10-step handbook. It walks you through what to do to find the money. You either walk away because you have a complete sense of relief because you now know he isn't hiding money, or you walk away with proof to give your attorney who can now take action to make sure your divorce is fair and equitable. If you want to learn more about the Divorce Money Guide, you can go to fraudcoach.com. I also want to take a minute and recommend certified life coach and parent coach Rita Morris. So when people decide to get divorced, their biggest concerns usually are the children. Are they going to be okay? Are they going to start acting out? Are their grades going to suffer? Will they end up with emotional problems? And these are all valid concerns, which is where Rita can step in. Rita has been a therapist since 2003. After becoming a life coach, she decided to dedicate a large part of her practice to parent coaching. Rita can see you with your soon-to-be ex to learn how to co-parent better, or she can also see you alone if you're trying to co-parent with someone who seems impossible. So I just love Rita. I have so much trust in her. She's really wonderful. If you want to find her, you can find her at apparentspath.com or in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. I'm Jackie Pilosoff, your host. I'm here today with divorce mediator Eric Feig. Eric has been a divorce mediator for a few years. Before that, he was an attorney. He has a niche in helping families with neurodiverse children. And he has, actually, Eric, you have a lot of niches because you also help people having problems with like elderly parents. So he's basically a peacemaker for many different situations. 
Let's move on to number three of the 11 tips to help your kids have a great holiday season. Number three, ask yourself what experiences and memories you want the kids to have and then plan accordingly. I feel like you just said that in number two. All of these really tie together, right? They all, each one connects to the other. If we were drawing lines between them, we'd have lots and lots of lines across all of these points. But the bottom line is you have to ask these questions. And I think there's a level of being intentional that comes with doing this as a co-parent that may be a little more than what's needed when you're parenting together. And that intentionality requires that you be able to plan, you be able to communicate, you be able to cooperate with each other. So this is the question. What's your goal? What are those memories? What are the experiences? What do you want five, 10 years from now, them to look back, your kids to look back and think about the holidays? What are the feelings you want them to have? And what comes from that, you work backwards then. If that's where we're trying to go, the next question is, how do we get there? And what are the things that we can do, each of us or each of us cooperating with each other to make it happen? All right, I'm going to say something to my listeners because I want to scare you so that you do this, what we're saying. So in when your kids get older, like 10 years from now or when they're adults, do you want their memories of the holidays this year to be, I remember my parents just screaming at each other, arguing about who's going to have us for Christmas Day Or I remember my mom just hysterically crying and saying she was so mad at our dad because he had a girlfriend. Or do you want the memories to be, we, we had a great time at our dad's house on Thanksgiving. And then on Christmas, we were with mom and her family and it was awesome. And we got all these gifts and we sang songs Because I'm telling you, this is what your kids will remember. They will remember the screaming, the yelling, the fighting, the rude behavior, the dirty looks. And you really, as somebody who went through it, you have to hold it in, not hold it in and never tell anyone, but hold it in in front of your kids. Honestly, sometimes you have to fake it. You can talk to a divorce coach, a therapist, a friend, somebody you trust, but you can't let your kids see it. What do you think, Eric? I think it's about finding the joyful moments and creating those opportunities for them to happen. And I agree, your kids are going to look back and they're going to think back on what this was like and they're going to remember what it felt like. And they're going to remember what the environment was like. They might not remember those details, of who did what or what happened, but they'll remember moments. I have to tell you, I believe they will remember those details because I remember them. My parents weren't divorced and they had a great marriage, but of the probably three fights they had in their marriage as a kid, I remember it like it was two weeks ago. So kids really are sensitive to it, especially around the holidays. I'm moving on to the next one, which is consider mediation. And I want to tell my listeners, if you have a couple of hours, one hour even, call and make an appointment with Eric, sit down with him, with your husband, ex-husband on Zoom, and hash these things out with him. 
because he is going to facilitate you and be somebody who is, isn't taking sides and somebody who can really help you with all of the feelings that are causing you stress and anxiety. Sometimes it takes having someone that's not you in the conversation to help you step back, especially when things are important, when emotions can run high, when it's even when when the old habits of battling with each other can can kind of intrude. Sometimes it takes someone else to provide those bumpers and to help keep things on track looking at what's in front of you instead of getting stuck on what's behind you. Now, what's different about a mediator than when you were with your spouse in therapy, because people listening probably are like, oh no, I went to couples counseling. It was awful. I, you know, we ended up divorced anyway. But what's different about a mediator is the mediator isn't going to sit there and talk about how the two of you can get along and fix your relationship. The mediator is going to talk about what you can do to make sure your kids have the best holiday season. And it has nothing to do with your past, your relationship. It's about having a plan for now so that everybody has a nice holiday. It's an important distinction, Jackie. And I think it's one that people need to know about. Mediation isn't therapy. It's a different focus where therapy is much more focused. And I'm speaking, oh, I'm overgeneralizing. So I apologize, to the, I apologize to the therapists out there. But where the therapist is going to be focused on how you got to where you are and looking at what the blocks are from you moving forward and processing all of that and then making a plan, mediation is much more narrow in terms of the scope. We talk about the how questions and the what questions. What are the issues in front of you? How are you going to address them and how are you going to bridge the gaps? I have a great line and I think I might have to put it in a Canva graphic. Therapy is meant to try to fix your relationship. Mediation is trying to fix your life and your future, right? I mean, that's a, that's a great way to put it. It's about planning for what's next. Next tip. Have empathy and compassion for your ex, which is not easy to do. Have empathy and compassion for yourself, for your ex, for your kids. Give yourselves a break. And a lot of people going through a divorce or who are divorced have a hard time remembering because they're, they're just at odds with their ex. So they have a hard time remembering that he or she is scared too. He or she is sad too. He or she is stressed too. And a lot of anger and resentment comes from that fear and anxiety. So if he's being like really awful to you during the holidays, it's because he's hurting and he's scared. And I know that's not an excuse, but if you can understand where the behavior is coming from, it makes it easier to have empathy and compassion and not be so mad right back at him, but rather just feel sorry for the person. Look, it's, I think that's such an important point, Jackie, that whatever you're feeling, they may be feeling too. And being able to hold space to recognize that and even take that breath. Sometimes it might even just be a breath before reacting. 
and remember that can change the way a dialogue will go and it can change your ability to be able to engage with each other from one where your adversaries the one where you're saying you know we're just trying to do the best we can next tip try not to react and instead listen and let the other person finish boy this must come up in mediation a lot one of the most important things that i do is i help people to slow down and hear each other there's when we're moving fast, when we know each other's histories, when we know where each other's buttons are, it's so easy when that adrenaline starts to kick in, we're going faster and faster, we're reacting. So what we think we're communicating isn't necessarily what they're hearing from us. And what they're hearing may not connect with what we meant. So when you take all three of those, those are three opportunities to lose each other entirely. And that can get frustrating for anybody especially when it happens over and over. So being able to listen, that's a skill. And it's one that often takes a lot of practice and sometimes needs somebody to help with, at least at, least at the outset. I have a great suggestion for my listeners. Eric, I want to know what you think about this too. Sometimes when someone's saying something, the reason people don't listen and the reason they interrupt is because they don't want to forget what they're going to say in response. So if you act like you're in one of those presidential debates, you know how they have the pen and the paper and they're like furiously writing down what they want to react to and how they want to respond, you can do that too. Then you're going to let the person finish and you won't forget what you want to say. I think it's a great idea. Next tip, communicate what you want and need and what you think the kids want and need. And I want to say something about this before you respond, Eric. I hope you're taking notes. No. <laughs> um, okay. I wrote an article a long time ago for the Chicago Tribune, and it was about Valentine's Day and how people were so disappointed that their boyfriend or husband didn't do this, this, and this. And so the article was like, well, did you tell them what you wanted? Did you tell them what you needed? And people, the same thing goes in divorce. You have to communicate what you want because your ex might not know. So if you want something, ask for it. And then the second point is if you ask for it, have like a backup and justify why you want it. What do you think? I think being able to put your needs on the table is really important. We're not born mind readers. Mind reading, reading is the skill that we're going to learn. So being able to talk about what we need, what we want, what our hopes are, what our concerns are, and do it in a way that the other person can hear. So as opposed to doing it in a way that sounds like you're combative or adversarial, being able to just say, matter-of-factly, look, this is what I need. These are the three things that I'm hoping will happen. This is what I'm concerned about. And having them be able to do that with you and you hear each other, then you can make a list. Put it all together so you could all look at it. Step back. Look at the entire list of your hopes, your needs, their hopes, their needs, their concerns, your concerns. And look at it together and be able to ask each other, all right, now what are we going to do? about this. 
But if you don't start by putting it out there, nobody's going to know. It's just guessing. Eric, I can't believe we're almost out of time. We have time for one more tip, even though your article that you wrote has like two or three that I left out just because we don't have time. So if you want to read Eric's article, you can find it on Divorced Girl Smiling. But the last one I want to share today is make new traditions. And the reason why I want to share that is because we're kind of ending on a positive note here because divorce is so sad. But like you said, Eric, opportunities. And I know that kids love doing the same thing year after year. They love repetition. They love traditions. So if you start some new things now, you're going to have these new traditions and your kids will come to expect these things and be excited about them too. What do you think? I think it's so important. It's so important for them. It gives them something to look forward to. It gives them something to be part of. And you can do that across two homes. You can each establish something new. And that could be the basis for something that you grow from and that they grow from and that they look forward to every year. It can also help just in terms of that planning, if you have a sense of what you're going to be doing each year, that might make things a little bit easier for some holidays or for some some aspects of the plans. And it doesn't have to be these elaborate things that are expensive. It can be like, I'm going to make pancakes now every year on Christmas Eve morning. Anything that it could be, but do the same things because kids remember that and they love it. My kids know that for certain holidays, they're going to wake up and there's going to be certain aromas in the house from what we're cooking. Yeah, And they know every year, this is what the house is going to smell like Mm -hmm. because this is the meal we're preparing. And they look forward to that. Mm -hmm. I love that. That couldn't have been said any better. You're right. Eric, this has been great. I truly want to thank you for taking time to do this. And I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners did too, all of these wonderful tips. Jackie, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you. I appreciate it. And happy holidays. You too, Eric. And if you want to reach Eric, call him up for a consult, spend an hour or two trying to figure out the holidays. I would highly recommend it or call him for your divorce. You can find him at feigmediationgroup.com or in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. And if you want to find other divorce professionals, you can find them at divorcedgirlsmiling.com along with Eric. You can also listen to more podcasts. You can read articles. You can download my mobile app or you can sign up for my free consult. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I truly hope that you and your kids have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And we'll talk to you real soon.